Welcome to The Snap with Alexis Perry and Sydney Jones. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Broncos Podcast Network and YouTube for the latest edition of The Snap. I'm Sydney Jones, your host, joined as always by the lovely Alexis Perry. And today we have a killer new episode planned for you all with a fantastic guest. As you all can see, NFL Network analytics expert Cynthia Freeland is joining us on The Snap today to talk about the absence of this year's combine, her analytics-based mock drafts, free agency, and of course, her role with NFL Network. Cynthia, it is so great to have you on the show today. How are you doing? You know, I'm good. I look a little red. I It's off season. I got a little facial. We're good. It's all good. It's a laser. It usually doesn't make it so red, but this, th- these things happen. It's real life, you know? <laughs> well, you look great. You're glowing. Safe to say <laughs> you got to relax and breathe a little after, you know, this really strange season then. Such a strange season. Um, I'm in California, so we're still pretty locked down here. It's interesting, you know, with all of the different things going on. It just reminds you how special it was that we played all of the games this season. I I kind of can't get over it. Like I, I keep thinking, like, wow, we didn't even miss one. Like that's pretty impressive. Yeah, like Sydney said, it was really a wild 2020 season. How was this past season for you? How much did COVID impact your day to day? Oof. So <laughs> it's weird because, you know, I'd only go into the studio one day a week. I haven't seen so many of my coworkers in a year, just figured that out because free agency was the last time we were in studio. And after that, we shut down and then it, we're actually moving. So we'll be coming to you from a new studio next year. That's right adjacent to SoFi Stadium. So we're never going back. So it's kind of strange. You know, I, I might go back in one more time. I'm not sure what happens to like all the stuff that was at my desk. I, I guess they move it. I'm not really sure, but we'll find out. So it's been kind of, kind of crazy. I really kind of miss, like, don't tell them because I'd rather them think that I like don't miss them, but I miss many of my coworkers. I miss seeing people like crazy. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I started this job back in April, like mid COVID right when it hit. So I was working from home for most of the off season. And then when the season hit, I was in a different building, you know, separate from everyone. So I think it was like two weeks ago. I finally went to my desk in the normal main building. I was like, is this what it's like? Is this what the normal normalcy is like here? Well, as you know, COVID has now trickled all the way into the 2021 off season. And this week we would have all been at Lucas oil stadium in Indianapolis for this year's NFL combine. However, all in-person workouts and medicals have been canceled due to COVID interviews will now be conducted virtually. So of course there will be a greater emphasis on pro days this year, but overall, how do you think not having a combine is going to affect prospects and evaluators this year? This is going to be a weird season for a number of reasons. The first is the tape matters the most of anything, right? So sure, we can all be like, oh, Trevor Lawrence, is he, you know, the football lingo, right? Is he 6066 or is he 6065? <laughs> How tall you are, right? You can argue those things. And at the end of the day, like those half inches, like me don't really matter. But the things that do matter were the film that they produced from their college season. However, most of these prospects have limited you know, asterisks, weird stuff, not the right number, not the right, I mean, all these crazy things. So this year, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty. The good teams with the good scouts who have the good idea of what they're looking for, those guys are going to be so much better off than the teams that are 
I'm not really sure what I'm looking for. Um, you know, uh, and we don't get that group think that you'll have at the combine, right? All of the scouts are there together. They kind of cheat off each other. So, oh, you like this guy? Okay. You know, you always hear that coming out. That's not going to happen this season. So you're going to see which teams the cream rises to the top and which teams it doesn't. But I will put one asterisk there myself. If you already have a great quarterback, you're going to be in better shape because that's the most confusing position for anyone ever. And so that's going to be the hardest one to figure out. Yeah, there's no doubt that the absence of combines going to have a profound impact on this pre-draft process this year. And I know we're still months away from the actual draft, but you know, as you both know, it's going to be here in a blink of an eye. So Cynthia, I want to talk to you about your mock drafts that you do every year for NFL.com. You know, yours are a little different than everyone else's because, you know, they are analytics based. Can you describe for us what exactly that means? Because honestly, I don't know. <laughs> totally. So first and foremost, I think Denver people will like it the most because y'all franchise tag a safety. That doesn't always happen. And he went to the same college as me. So I always have to get my Boston College shout out in there because not a lot of Boston College people. Anyways, long story <laughs> short, <laughs> I take a different approach because none of these things are right anyways. Any of us in the media, if we think we know, maybe if somebody's told us, Sometimes you can get like a little bit of inside info, but like, I don't even know if that's worth it because as soon as one team trades, then the whole board is blown up anyways. So we kind of scrapped the idea. So I sat down with my, my, my coworkers and we're like, well, what would be an interesting way to approach this? That's a little bit different. So I just took the approach, like, you know, you have to set some rules because I, I can't make a, a potential trade. Like, I don't, I don't know. Anything. So no trades. And that's makes things right there. You you're wrong. You're <laughs> right there. You're, you're wrong. Cause there will be some trades, right? So no trades. And then it's purely for the 2021 season, which of the players from the draft would add the most to the win totals. So if you're looking at Jacksonville, of course, a quarterback would add the most to their win totals. Right. But then if you kind of keep going down the line to me, the jets, they, they wouldn't have a higher win. They should take probably an offensive lineman that I, I haven't finished doing my first one yet. If the first one comes out in, in, in March. So as you're looking at, but strategically speaking, if there's a quarterback they like, and they want to trade Sam Darnold, like I can't, I can't be privy to that inside info. So what we do is, you know, we just look at the, who gives you the biggest uptick in wins for the 2021 season. So sometimes a quarterback gets a bit devalued compared to other people's mock drafts, because we all know like the opportunity to draft a quarterback is something that's a long-term decision, not a one-year decision. So who gives you the most wins in 2021? That is the approach. And I'm, I'm good being wrong. People get so mad at me about, oh, they would never take them. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, great. Oh, it's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the point. <laughs> so. so you said you're working on this year's right now. That'll come out early March. Guys, be on the lookout for that on NFL.com. Cynthia, what are your early thoughts on Denver then? Who do you think the Broncos should have their eye on for, you know, ninth overall this well, year? Um, <laughs> I would argue it's it's probably got to be at least from my early, I mean, you have a really good team. The, the thing that people forget about the Broncos or the people that people maybe like, you know, people have recency bias. They forget who was injured last season. They forget. I mean, you, you kind of, you Cortland Sutton, nobody's talking about it. Uh, draft. Like, you know, all these people ask these way too early fantasy drafts. I don't even see him being drafted very highly. Cause there's a lot of quarter quarterback questions and whatever, but I'm like, yo, he's really good. Like he's going to be right up there with your mock fantasy drafts. Of course, those are so important. Right. But, um, but ultimately I think the quarterback position needs to be addressed with a long-term solution. And I also, I think the O-line probably needs a little help in pass pro the run game is much different, but 
pass protection, especially if you want to get a younger court, if you want to select a quarterback for the future, you got to help him out in the passing game. Cause this is a passing league and most of the quarterbacks coming out now. And most of the ones who've been successful since about 2015, they've been more mobile and that type of O lineman, you need to be able to have an O lineman that can protect against the pass when your quarterback is on the run. That's what's been quite successful for other teams that are in search of a, a long-term solution at that position. While we're still a little ways away from this year's draft, but only a few weeks away from the official start of the 2021 league year. And that also marks the official start of free agency as well, March 17th. So Cynthia, in your mind, who is the most coveted free agent set to hit the market this year? Interesting. It's that's what that you, you asked it perfectly because it's set to hit the market, right? Cause some of these guys that won't, they won't hit the market who I think are really interesting. You know, there's a lot of wide receivers out there that like, I think Allen Robinson probably is the most interesting free agent for me from the standpoint of who could give their team a huge uptick and wins right away. But I don't think that the bears would let him hit the market. I just don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, that's the kind of thing where you're like, well, Corey Davis, eh. like I'm, it doesn't make me super excited. I think that it's probably going to be somewhere long, like the team this year, this sounds, this is a very unsatisfying answer for you, but I'm going to give it anyways. The team that has the best average or above average players, the most of them, that's going to be the team that wins this year. The salary cap is going down, meaning you have to be really smart about who you're paying what to. So the teams that don't overpay, especially for positions that don't have a lot of return on investment, like that's the team that's going to be great. So I'm going to get really excited when like a team like, you know, figures out a way to, I mean, Chris Godwin won't hit the market, right? They're, they're not going to let that happen. Like get one of these middling wide receivers that that doesn't sound very sexy, but these, and, and not overpay them, but change it. Like who are the Cardinals going to get if Larry Fitzgerald retires? Like that's the kind of thing that makes your yeah. team go from like good to awesome. If you can get like a really good, solid, like above average, but it's not sexy, right? There's no sexy name that's going to drop out there and, and, you know, all these quarterbacks shuffling around are going to be more interesting to me than the particular free agent that goes in certain places. Not a good answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're, that was actually a great answer. You had mentioned the Broncos offensive line a little bit earlier. Do you feel like that's a position the Broncos should really try to tackle in free agency this year rather than the draft? There are a lot of really good tackles and guards, but tackle like their O-line, it sounds really weird, but O-line is a very rich free agent class. <laughs> if yeah. Taylor Moten, who's a right tackle for the Carolina Panthers, if he were to somehow become available, Ooh, now that would be an interesting one, right? Because Teddy Bridgewater, I guess it depends on who your quarterback, how you want to structure the quarterback position. But mm -hmm. there are a lot of really like those type of O linemen that I think are the ones that you want, like better than, better than average, but not so good that they're going to be like Trent Williams is out there, but he's going to probably ask for too much money. So you want to go like a little bit down from there in terms of like how much they're going to ask for and then have them fit your scheme better. Right. So that's why to me, the Taylor Moten to the Broncos makes sense because right. Tackle is a position that could be upgraded. That's my opinion. So, well, I know the corner position is also another one that Broncos country is hoping that George Payton and this Broncos front office can really tackle during free agency this year. So is there a free agent corner that really stands out to you that the Broncos should try to snag this year during free agency? You know, with teams that have defensive minded head coaches that I, I have such reverence for, your, let me backtrack. What Roquan Smith, a linebacker from the bears 
who is like, to me, like that is the Vic Fangio prototype. Like he is like, like if you had to like describe who, like it's Roquan Smith, who's rad. Obviously he plays for the bears, but that was his, that was like his prototype. I feel like with, with coaches like yours and with like Mike Zimmer and stuff, like I just kind of go back and I say, you know, I'm actually going to learn something from whomever they, they like, because you've seen these corners that have like, I'm just like, uh, you know, hands up. I'm going to let him pick. Like, I don't try to, I don't try to meddle there. So to me, this is going to be one where you see it's, it's definitely a position of need for sure. And this is definitely one where in the draft, good luck figuring out if those corners are any good, you know, like, I mean, obviously we will try to figure it out, but who knows if these, if these college corners, what they do, you know, you even saw the best ones from last season. It took a little while. And by the way, one of the better ones that played in the Super Bowl was not drafted. Like what? So, you know, not drafted highly. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I will let, I will let your coach show me who the good ones are. I'm I'll talk about his O line all day. I don't mind, (laughs) but yeah. Now, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know, you said your mock draft, it's coming out early March. So that's going to be out before free agency even starts. How does your model kind of consider, you know, the overall market of all those potential free agents? So we always update, we do like a bunch of different versions. This is why I like doing the first one about, so right now isn't fair because today was, you know, the first day of the franchise tag and we got to see who gets franchise where, because that starts to figure out what, like, you know, things become a little less foggy and then we can figure out who's really going to hit the market. So then my first draft always considers the free agent marketplace because if there's a, you know, if you're Jacksonville and Jacksonville's not a great example because they clearly need a quarterback. So they'll go take work. But let's say, you know, last year, Washington had, they could have either gone chase young or, you know, it, it could have been actually Cincinnati, right? Cincinnati was first. We just knew who they were taking already. It would have actually added more wins to go with Joe Burrow first because they didn't have a quarterback. But in, if it would have been Washington first, chase young would have been better. And then they would have kept their, cause they already had a quarterback. So point being is it weighs it. And then as things start to unfold, once the league year starts, it keeps updating it and updating it. So it's just, it, it slots it in kind of real time. I'm glad you explained it. Cause I'm truly fascinated by it. I was reading so many articles earlier about it. Like, this is awesome. I have no idea how you do that. You code everything too, right? Yeah. The, that's like, look, like, uh, what, what is it? You're like, I'm not good at coding. I'm just a good hacker. And I just was there first. Like I just did it first. Like, you know, it's, it's not about like, you know, you got to use it. Right. I was a banker. Some like you guys actually have on your team, really smart people who are really like statistics, like they could give me regressions on things that I haven't even thought about. Right. But I come from banking. So I came from a place of, you have to use this information in a particular set of time. I don't get that. I can't. So I have to do mine fast. Right. So mm-hmm. I just use something that's a little bit different than some other ones. I use computer vision, which measures distances between players. So that helps me approximate things with a little bit more like different lens than other ways of doing things. So, you know, that these are things you nerdy things you learn in school. And that's, that's what I chose to study. Who knows? Right. Like I probably, <laughs> probably still paying off that degree, but we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned the franchise tag, Justin Simmons, Boston college, obviously the Broncos tagged Justin last year. Do you think they're going to tag him again? Or who, who are you thinking here? You know, I think it would make sense to tag him again. Uh, this is a really hard position to get right 
Um, and especially because it's starting to mean a lot of different things, right? Some safeties look a lot more like linebackers. I don't mean like fit body wise. I mean, like what they're asked to do. Other safeties have a lot more of a corner, like a true defensive back, like stature and a lot and, and the performance. I mean, Simmons is really like a Swiss army knife, right? You could use him. He he's got interceptions. So clearly he's great in coverage. He's, you know, you see him up front, like you see pressures, you see, it's just the, the versatility and the ability to understand and enact what is like, what the, what the strategy is. It seems like when you have a good fit like that, you should probably pay it at a position. That's super like, it's very hard to find a good, a good safety that, gets all of those different, you know, all of those different aspects, right? It's like him and like Buda Baker, right? Like those, you know, those are two kind of Buda Baker does like a billion different things. Like they're both animals. Like they're crazy. Like they're everywhere. Like they're in the best way possible. Crazy. Right. Like, like, how did he get? Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> you got there. Well, one last football related question for you here, Cynthia, you know, Denver has until the start of free agency to make a decision on Von Miller's contract option. What are your thoughts on this? Could you really see him elsewhere? Well, it's a good thing that, I mean, look, my, my models love Bradley Chubb. When you have two, it's always better than one. And Vaughn, uh, Vaughn's uh, like next level. And it's just where in his career and what, and can he stay healthy? Like, and also what's the price? The hard part about all of this is the, you know, I don't know how much someone commands in the marketplace because we have a real, we'll get an, a better sense of what demand happens to be pretty shortly here. Mm -hmm. And that really, that's a really big deal, right? Like you're going to start hearing some weird, like restructuring. Like I bet you, you see like an Aaron Rodgers restructuring their contract to make it more team favorite, like lengthen the terms of it. So he ultimately would get more money, but it can be over more time until the cap goes back up, right? A little bit of COVID, you know, quantitative yeah. easement, if you will. So I don't know based on this new, I don't know if they'll be able to negotiate something that reflects like the, I don't know how much football he wants to play left. Like, will you be able to write a long enough contract to make it worth his while? I don't know. And will another team give him that same pop of cash in two years? Like I, these are things that you're like this year more than ever. It's like, well, of course you want him to stay, but you're really lucky because at least you have the foundation for the future going forward. Should he not be able to, cause he's had a hard time staying healthy too. So it's not like, it's not a, it's not a sure thing. Yeah. Well, Cynthia, thanks so much for your insight and explaining all those analytics behind your models. Cause I was truly very interested, but before you go, we have to learn a little bit more about you and your career, because one of the main goals here on the snap is to learn more about women's impact on the NFL. So just to start, you know, can you walk us through the path that led you to your current role now? Well, don't like my path is probably not the one that's super helpful. Um, I, I was a banker and I cold, I went to business school. Uh, I did not think I would end up here. Um, I went to business school, my summer, my business school, I cold emailed the then CFO of the NFL to ask for a job on financial strategy. I ended up working on a project that is actually always interesting because we're always asking this question, how do we maximize profit? Is it 16 games and four preseason? Is it 17 and three? We're, we're revisiting the same question right now, right? It is, it is constantly as the TV deals come up, do players want to play more or not? I get a chance to connect with the competition committee because that is a monstrous part of whether or not that's, this is even possible. Right. And as I was doing that, I got to watch film. And by the way, when coaches watch film, it's like, 
it's like in a, in a room that's like kind of comfy, a little dark, you get to eat snacks. They swear a lot. Like it's, it's wonderful. So I like really, I liked that. And I liked the fact that I could translate it into a model at that time as a financial model, because financial modeling was what I was doing. And then I got a chance to like, learn like, Oh, like as this like money ball stuff's coming up, like what, what do I need to do to be good at it? Right. So I, in addition to my MBA, I added from, I went to Northwestern and then I added uh, masters of predictive analytics. So I, I don't know. I don't know if he's, still, uh, I know there's a guy from the Cowboys who I'm very close with, but I'm, and there might be a Broncos guy too, who came from my degree, but I'll have to figure it out. Um, but, uh, then I added that taught myself how to code. Then I went back into banking a little bit more. I worked for Disney for a while. Um, Disney then to ESPN ESPN. I was there at that time, like, um, buying big tech and analytics and all of these things were kind of lumped together. It sounds crazy now. And you guys are so young. You don't like, doesn't even make sense. Like it's like, you know, in 10 years, people will be like, Oh, remember when people didn't understand Bitcoin. And that's how I feel about <laughs> honestly, Bitcoin, right? I, I don't understand Bitcoin. Okay. I saw your tweet about that too. Perfect. Give me one. Let me finish this oh. and then we're done. Okay. Anyways, yeah. So, and Paul D. Podesta gets hired by the Browns. We put analytics on TV and I, somehow this is where I end up. Then I go back home to the NFL network in 2016. Period. Full stop. Well, I have to imagine the transition from banking to broadcasting is a pretty big one. What was it like for you? Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know how you girls do it. I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it in my twenties. Uh, I was old when I first, like my first time on TV was the 6 PM sports center and I was 31 years old. <laughs> it's just funny. So I think like, you know, you don't know how it works out, right? The answer is you just say yes right? And keep going and figure it out, right? And you figure it out. And then I was bad and I was really bad. And then, but I was passionate and I knew about something that other people didn't. So I got a chance to be different. And because I truly did write all these things, my, like I, I had been working with coaches for years. I kept in touch with all of them. I did it in multiple sports, right? I had talked to NBA coaches as well and, uh, and MLB and all these things. And, you know, DraftKings came along and a sponsorship came and you guys know when there's sponsorship, that means money. And you know what money means? That means you're going to have to keep going back on TV, whether or not you feel comfortable. So I took voice lessons. I took improv classes. To me, that was probably like the best moment of like, get over yourself, go take an improv class. You're going to be bad. But at the end, you're gonna be like, well, I did that. I can probably, it'll be okay. Right. And if you're passionate about something and you really, really care, you'll, you'll find a way to become better and better and better and better at it. Cause you know, people don't love math to begin with. So, um, you know, <laughs> had a little bit of an uphill battle, but it worked out from that. Well, you said that you went into baking. Did you know that you wanted to eventually work in sports when you first started your undergrad degree? What, what made you decide to do that? <laughs> um, I don't know. So uh, <laughs> I actually want to be a doctor. What, these things oh. don't. Um, but uh, my sister's a doctor. I'm the bad one. She's the good one. We're, <laughs> we're dealing with that. There's therapists for that. Um, but, uh, look, I, I went into banking cause I liked the strategy and I liked the competition. And then when I was going to business school, like this is a long time ago and the the economy was like changing. And I was like, where are the smart people going? And I grew up in East Lansing, Michigan. So football, uh, Michigan state Spartans were right there. And the Detroit lions were an awful football team, but they, they had Barry Sanders and, and I really liked Barry Sanders growing up. So, you know, I always, like, I, I always had a good, like, I always liked football a lot. And I was like, eh, where do the smart people go? Like the smart bankers go when they're not banking anymore. And they, turns out there, a lot of them go to the NFL. So that's how I first got connected there. And, you know, I, I think part of it is that I am a really big football fan, but I'm also, 
um, I like the strategy almost better. Like I like the competition, the strategy, like the football part is a nice additional benefit, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, so that's kind of, I didn't, it's hard to say, like so people come to me and they're like, well, do you think if I want to, if I know I want to work in sports, like, how do I do what you do? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I think if you want to work in sports, go work in sports, but like maybe figure out where you can contribute something that's like unique and, and valuable. Right. Because, you know, if you find passion in something and it doesn't feel like work, like you'll find a way to like, make it interesting. And I always loved the strategy of sports always. I, even when I was like playing volleyball, I would like think about the angle of my hand, right? Like all of these different things. And I knew I couldn't jump very high. So I was like, you know, I was the defensive specialist, right? So these are things where like, you know, like even from like a little girl, I would be like calculating, well, if I take two more steps that way, like I know I can get there in time. And this girl always from Owasso, I don't remember this, always hits whatever. And so I just knew to cheat it a little bit. And I was doing that, you know, like that was my strategy even before, I like was able to code it or whatever. I would right. always be strategizing the next move. Last one. You've, I feel like you've given us a ton of advice from improv classes to <laughs> just being passionate about what you're doing, taking a different <laughs> route. Is there anything else you want to add in terms of advice? That is a way that we like to end this show is by helping out the younger generation who, you know, yeah. are trying to break into this industry. Ask for help often stay in touch with the people who give you, you don't have to take every piece of advice people give you because people are going to do their best, but they, sometimes they don't really know, but keep in touch with the people who you connect with because it's good for both of you. Right. And come with a, come with a, a little bit of, I guess my, 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 this is going to sound weird, but like to me, humility is not to, it's not self-deprecation, right? Humility is like recognizing like how you internalize, like, this is who I am and where I want to go. And I, I know that I'm not there yet. And I'd like some help getting there. Don't come. I, I don't know if you guys notice it, but sometimes people will like email me and be like, hi, I want your job. Tell me how to do it. No, like that's not a help. Like I can't help you then because I will give of myself. I, I am so grateful for everyone who has helped me and I will, I'm happy. I am more than happy to help. I can't tell you how to become, I don't, I've never done feature. Well, okay. That's not true. I have now, but like I, some, some girls want to talk about features. Some girl, I don't have that experience. I can help tell you how to talk about math. Very simply. I can break down complicated stuff. I can talk football for with you for days. I can tell you how to help, how to ask a coach, Hey, how could I read film or watch film better and, and read the playbook better? Right. I, I can't like, so kind of know what you're asking someone and give them a chance to help you. If you're going to ask me like how a camera works or whatever, like I I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I can YouTube it same as you, but that's not really leveraging my expertise. And, you know, I, and basically set someone up else up for success to help you right? Like I will help you every day. Like I can, you know, please like, and I mean this for you guys too. Like, like I told you this before we started, like, I truly mean like anything I can do to help you. Like anytime I am, I am more than help happy. I don't have a knowledge of everything. So yeah, you know, the things that I'm, that are things that I can help, I'm more than happy to help with. So just set people up for success with you, you know, like it's like, know your audience. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, Cynthia, we truly can't thank you enough for taking the time to sit down and chat with Alexis and I today. And for everyone listening at home, make sure to give Cynthia a follow on Twitter. Her handle is at C Freeland. So make sure to do that. You can see all of her polls about Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Cynthia, truly, right. thank you so much.
Yeah, anytime. Well, everyone, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of The Snap. Make sure to follow the Broncos Podcast Network on Twitter and, of course, Alexis and I to stay up to date on our latest episodes. See you all next time.